This is Brian Janikowski, recording made on Thursday, November the 2nd, so a day earlier from our normal Fridays. Uh, I'm Christian Thwaites. I'm Emily Tegan-Burtz, and let's get started with this week's market chat. So it has been announced, Christian, that Jerome Powell will be um, Donald Trump's or President Trump's um, pick for Fed chair. And, uh, you know, he, a lot of people have been talking about the fact that he is not a trained economist. Um, and so my question is, is there more of a risk of a policy mistake um, as the Fed continues to normalize rates because of this lack of experience? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Uh, he has been with the Fed a while. He was undersecretary of the Treasury in two administrations, in the second Clinton and uh, first Bush. Uh, his ex-partner at Carlisle. He's been hanging around sort of bankers and treasury officials um, and sort of other Fed members for a while. So I don't think he's about to embark on some um, uh, mission which is more driven by, you know, his core underlying beliefs of, of low inflation or strong inflation or high rates versus low rates. He's really not a man on a mission. I think he's much more of a, of a, of a, of a team player. So I don't think it's going to upset the uh, rate increases that we've already got penciled in, certainly for December and uh, at least a couple more next year. And, and I think it's a good choice. And my personal preference would be to have Yellen back in there. But uh, but he's a, he's, a, he's a good sound choice. It could have been a lot worse. We could have had Walsh in, which I think would have been a disaster. Um, and, I, and I think he'll be a good uh, a good chairman my my only one concern is that you know in the if you kind of go backwards with uh, Yellen and Bernanke and Greenspan and Volcker each time uh, a new chairman does take a little bit of time to get going and uh, three of those uh, Bernanke and, and Yellen and Volcker were already on the Fed uh, you know so so they already kind of knew it so that's good but even so uh, there is a certain amount of learning on the job which can't come through uh, through through just prior experience. So we always have to worry that uh, someone new will meet some new changes. But I think I think, um, it, I think uh, what I'm seeing and being fairly phlegmatic about it is what the market the market didn't move at all. It's sort of like ten year Treasury would have uh, ghosted up or down quite a few points if it had thought that it was going to be a major policy change. Do you think that also, in terms of the market not not moving on this announcement, do you think that also indicates um, that the market thinks that the communications will be similarly um, clear in terms of where the Fed is headed um, in terms of their rate increases. I, I think so. I mean, I, I think in the last 10 years with the dot plot, which is new, which we all kind of laugh at, but it's also a, a pretty clear way to show where the Fed is thinking, uh, the communications, the presses, um, the guidance, uh, I don't think any of that is going to change. Uh, so I, I, I think we're in pretty good ground as far as, uh, uh, you know, clarity, lack of opaqueness from Fed communications is concerned. Great. And, and speaking of rates, uh, you wrote a little bit about uh, where you think rates are going um, in the near medium term. Uh, but you had a very interesting chart that showed um, ownership rate home ownership rate by age. Um, and I'm wondering if you could just uh, walk us or explain this chart a little bit um, and then, you know, what you see its significance to um, to rates in the future. Yes, well, I, I think there are a number of secular forces at work. Uh, by secular, I mean more than just cyclical. You know, they're, they're sort of demographic. They're decades-driven dri rather than uh, three to five years, which 
are leading to low rates, not just here, but around the world. And we've covered some of those lack of uh, investment, labor, um, you know, not in a strong bargaining position, um, the, the shortage of high quality debt instruments, um, only two US companies now are AAA rated. Um, but but one of them is this home ownership, as you mentioned. So we look at we look, took a look at home ownership because Freddie Mac came out with a survey last week, and it basically said renting is the new thing. And um, uh, what we found was that uh, the age ownership for people, sort of uh, you know twenty five to thirty five, so you know new household formations, three or four or five years out of college, has pretty much collapsed from about forty. Four percent down to thirty-four percent. So that's a, you know, sort of and what late, time period is that? Uh, that is in uh, since before the since before the uh, re recession, but it's really accelerated after that. And you think it would plateau out, uh, but it hasn't. It's continued to drop, and it's continued to drop in the last two years just by you know by another four or five percent. So not to lay a percentage on percentages, but essentially, home ownership of that age group has fallen by a quarter, and. And they're also saying that they don't have any urgency to, to buy. And then the next group after that, the 35 to 45, it's also dropped. Um, and, you know, by a pretty significant amount as well. So, um, so uh, generally, home ownership is just not the, the dream and the aspiration that it was a little time ago. And so that means that, you know, obviously we're here in the Bay Area. And we get a distorted picture of real estate. Although I do think that a lot of the national trends you can you can just you can also layer on top of the Bay Area. You just have to multiply every number by ten. <laughs> so, so uh, um, but but nevertheless, I think that you know this is this this basically means that uh, less desire, lifestyle choice, or whatever reason, to affordability to own a house, more desire to rent. Uh, which means that there will be more supply and less demand for mortgages. So I think, you know, we've got, you know, mortgage demand is a very, very big driver of interest rates. They soak up, they're, they're a big capital crunch for banks to write them. Um, and if, if it's not there, I think it's just another one of these other very many, uh, other many forces equally powerful, which are driving interest rates down. And so does this low, you know, potentially... Um protracted low interest rate environment, I mean, already on top of what we've seen, um, does that have any effect on our economy and our growth? Uh, well, I think we're, low interest is low growth. And I, you know, whether one causes the other, they're, they're kind of in hand in hand. I mean, unless we get a big spike in growth, obviously, administration would like to see 3%. We've talked about it before. It's very difficult to see those numbers in the absence of huge productivity growth consistently, not just, you know, one month's worth, uh, absence of population growth. The population was only 2 to 3% 10, 30 years ago. Now it's getting at less than 1%. Um, so it, it's difficult to see where that 3% growth is coming from. So you've kind of got low growth, low rates, and, you know, some things could change, but we're much more in the camp of low rates for longer. Let's move on to taxes. Um, we did get a, a House proposal that was released uh, today. We all know that this is probably subject uh, to change or some change in the future, but could you just give us a rundown of the proposal that, uh, or some of the things that were, were presented today and uh, what you think, uh, you know, the, the proposal as it stands today, if it were to pass, what would it do for our economy hmm. and our country? Yeah, well, 
so the House version came out, and as we all know, it has to be squared with the Senate requirement that it not add more than $1.5 trillion to the deficit over 10 years. Otherwise, it has to go to a 60-40 because of the debt uh, agreements made before, um, or otherwise it can just go through on a 50-50. I mean, it's very difficult to to analyze at this point the likelihood of this House version going through. I'd say that the, the chance of it going through unadulterated are almost zero. But there's some interesting directional things in here. Um, I think the big ones for the stock market is a reduction of corporation tax. Again, we've talked about it here from 35 to 25. There isn't very, very few companies that pay 35% tax rates. Small, the S&P 600, the smaller company universe, pays an effective tax rate of 28. The uh, S&P 500, the universe of larger companies, pays an effective tax rate of 18. There's no way they're going to go from 18 to 8. You know, so. This is at least in the right direction, and it's good. It's good for the market, and the market sort of was expecting that. Um, and also, there's some discussions about the repatriated tax uh, coming coming back at a at a much lower rate than it would have otherwise. But then these other ones, like the uh, limited deductibility of state and local income tax, that's uh, the local local taxes paid, which I think has got to be, you know, pretty fierce mm -hmm. uh, rearguard action being being fought by by many of the, the senators on that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, other ones that capping interest rate bleeds, the alternative minimum tax. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting one about tax on university endowments. Uh, but so we'll see. But I think directionally, it's trying to. It it seems to be favourite for the for the corporate sector without doubt. It's trying, I think, to sort of make middle class tax uh, breaks happen. But that's very difficult to do without also sort of handing out a fair amount of. Uh, uh, benefits to the higher tax rates and we'll kind of see what happens but uh, it came out at 10 o'clock the market just didn't even pay any attention to it so I think that they view it as just round one in a multi-round uh, uh, engagement. Sure and then uh, lastly we had another all-time high on the Dow uh, is this a jump that we've been seeing in the market uh, purely earnings driven? It is mostly the you know the Dow tends to not get a speculative froth, uh, uh, froth behind it because uh, the components are more in industrial as you would expect from its name, um, so it's a little bit light on tech, um, and it also as we've discussed here more driven not by market cap at all but by the by the price of the stock. So a three hundred dollar stock will affect the Dow far more than a fifty dollar stock even though the latter one might be a much larger company by market cap. But no, as last week we saw good numbers from the industrials. That's what we want to see. We want to see the Caterpillars. You know, Boeing had a blowout second quarter, so we won't expect quite as big on the third quarter. Uh, 3M, you know, Honeywell, these are kind of all companies which populate the Dow uh, and all showing pretty good earnings, earnings increases. So I think, I think for now what we've seen is the corporation tax and other tax changes expectation was really a September driver. And what we've seen in October is really more of an earnings driver. And then we'll kind of see which one those, uh, you know, if they stay at those levels for the rest of the year. So our prediction uh, before earnings season had started in this conversation that we have here is uh, in terms of the earnings supporting the valuations at this point, has that largely played out? I think it has. I think it has. And uh uh, you know, each one of the big tech companies had a surprise. Today was Apple. I noticed it was after hours. We don't quite know how it's going to go, but there's a pretty big beat with some good guidance. You know, the Facebooks, the Googles, we had all those. 
those are big market cap, you know, giants. So they're going to move the market uh, pretty well, even if they're only up by uh, a few points. So yes, I I do think that the the earnings have been good. As importantly, the guidance has been, you know, not not euphorically optimistic. It's not really in the interests of a CEO to go that far out on the spectrum, but but at least, you know, fairly, fairly credible and sort of in line with people's expectations. So as I said, I do think it's been more of an earnings driven market recently, which is good. I'd much rather have it that than on a cyclical play or a pure interest rate play. Thank you, Christian. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks, everybody. And here's the disclosure. Please note this discussion of our investment investment strategy, including our research investment process, represents our investment investment strategy at the date of this commentary. Subject to no change without notice, we cannot short type of investment discussed in this commentary without form any other investment strategy in the future, nor can we guarantee that such investments will present the best or an attractive risk-adjusted investments in the future. This is for general information purposes only. The reference to an individual security should not be construed a recommendation to buy or sell. That security, security is mentioned in the commentary of several of the successful as unsuccessful investments by us do not represent all of the securities we have purchased and or recommended although we deem reliable source statistical and other information referred to in this commentary we cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any statement or numerical data past performance no indication of future results